so we want to then go, all right, how do we use the ball or the tug for training so or to reinforce positive behaviors? I would recommend using food to teach the dog how to do a behavior. So if, if your dog doesn't know how to down, it's I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I would prefer not to use a ball to lure the dog into a down for a few reasons. When the ball is present or when the tug's present, they're in a, an aroused state of mind, so they're, very, they're buzzing. And when they're in this state of mind, it's very hard for them to be focused, to be calm, to hold a static position. So it's better to use food? At the beginning to teach the behavior. Yeah. So we get the food, we lure them into a down, then we go through the whole process of we want to start using the ball when they're in the training phase. So we want to listen to the episode of phases of training. Once they're in the training phase, then we can then start using the ball because at least the dog knows the, the command. Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back everyone, another episode of Life With Your Dog. We're back. Yeah. Got an interesting topic today. I think it's pretty fun. What is it? Play with our dogs. Oh, yeah. So, something that is probably not focused on enough, maybe. Like, maybe we play, but it's a lot of indirect play, and we want to bring a bit more intention to what right. playing with our dog. So, maybe becomes. people haven't given um, a lot of thought to what it actually means to- Like, you play with your dog. By having a dog, you're playing with it. But mm-hmm. like you said, with intent yeah. and maybe a bit more structure. Especially people are listening, going out of the way to listen to a podcast about- dog training mm. maybe we've become too um static with our training and may- maybe to bring a bit more of a dynamic to it and then use the dog's motivation so like the benefits of play in a nutshell is it's um it's a it's truly a mind body experience like they're really having to think and move the body at the same time just like we would play sport yep. playing soccer requires to be strategic and tactical while you're keeping up with your fitness and your yep. physical skills um, it's a good way of exercise because you do need to exercise your dog anyway, especially dogs that are into play. And um, it's more of a bonding and relationship building time. It's like, you know, having fun with your dog is having having playtime and playtime should be something that, you know, your dog looks forward to and you should enjoy it as well. Before we go too far, I will mention um, now, I could be wrong. And if I get this name wrong, I'll put it in the notes afterwards what the correct name was, but- I'm pretty sure it was Yak Pank Yak Panksep, who was a famous neuroscientist. Mm-hmm. He actually discovered the play circuit in mammals' brains, there and from memory, he was researching. He discovered it in rats at the time, but there is the point being that humans and mammals all have a circuit in their brain for play, oh. so it is crucial to your well-being. For humans, so everyone should be, as a human, should be taking time to play as well. Mm. Um, but in dogs and in, in mammals, it exists. So, there's, this isn't just, hey, you should play with your dog. It's like, this is science. Yeah. That's ill. That's very interesting, actually. Yeah. I'm going to look more into that as Yuck well. Yuck set. Cool. And actually, I mean, I heard of that. Um, it, um, Jordan Peterson was talking about it. Beautiful. But the point being that it, it is very important to the development of the, of the mammal. Well, think about like, you know, you're watching kittens and puppies. What are they doing? They're playing. 
Yeah. You know, the classic play bow. The dog does the play bow. Yeah. Yeah. Which is in, that's how dogs invite each other to play. They exactly. can't talk. That's their body language. That's right. And then playing or even like, like the kitten sneaking up on each other and puppies do it too. Sneaking up on each other and then like, you know, playfully attacking each other mm. is ways of developing skills as a predator is what predators do, you know? And, and you see this across the animal kingdom, as you said that. You know, play is um, a way of bonding with your with your pack or with your, yeah. you know, with your like ones. So, um, yes, yeah, so it's definitely relationship building, especially if your dog's having fun with you, which kind of as a side point is that's why sometimes it's a shame where people only use the dog park as a way for your dog to have fun with other dogs, which is, again, in its own thing. Like, it's nice that the dogs can play as long as it's a, it, it, you're protected from aggressive dogs being in that, in that unit there. But if they're playing and having fun, that's great, but it has nothing to do with you. And that could be a problem. A- anyone um, who listens to this podcast knows now what you, your opinions <laughs> on dog parks. We've done a whole episode on yeah. it. So go back and listen to that. But in a nutshell, bad idea. Well, like, yeah, only because, like, look, as I said, if there's a s- secure acreage that you know that every dog on that property has mm. been assessed and everyone knows that the dogs are social, then it's awesome and there's no problem with it. As long as people are there to, to guide it, referee sure. it a little bit, that's always a- But in the way that dog park, the word dog park yeah. is used, it means like an unenclosed uh, or an enclosed space. No, there's no referee. There's a lot of off-leash dogs that are strangers to each other's- Yeah. Each other- um, mm-hmm. owners that are ignoring the dog and ignoring each other, recipe for bad situations. Yeah, it's very, very, it's very common, very, very common. So, And if you're giving up that opportunity, so not only the dangerous side of it, but it's also a, a, a place where your dog learns to ignore you yeah. to play with other dogs, which then- puts, Undoing your training, right? Yeah, a little bit. Like, look, social time is important and they should know that. So that's why I say it's not like a hard answer, but it's a they should socialize and have fun with other dogs for sure. But your dog should be also engaging and playing with you. And it's arguable to say that it's even necessary giving them heaps of- Playtime with other dogs, all that play should be with you because that's you're the unit, you're the pack, and depending on where what your relationship is with, is with your dog. Mm. So when it comes to play, we want to use the like the right sort of game, and to know the sort of game that your dog is going to play, you need to understand what sort of prey drive they're into. Are they the dog that? is more of a retriever. They want to chase the ball in pursuit of chasing or are they into coming into a tug and then playing a game of tug? Um, is that about knowing the, the breed that you've got or is there, like, let's say, would there be an example of like, I don't know, like let's say like a retriever, like a, a lab or a golden retriever where they're actually not that into it as as much as you would expect them to be based on their breed? Yeah, look, like um, today I just came from a session with the Labrador and he likes the game of t- um, of ball, like chasing, but he'll do it like three or four times. So, it. he's not that into it mm. where, you know, next door has a Labrador, for example, and they'd be like, they'll they'll run and like Ace, my dog, he was a Kelpie cross lab. The first time he had a seizure was when he was playing with the ball because it was hot and, and I wasn't actually throwing the ball. I knew when to stop because you can see he was like fatiguing, but I had lost attention on him and I was speaking to somebody and this person threw the ball, threw the ball, threw the ball. And all the clear signs were showing that he was tired and he was burning out. Stressed. And anyway, something happened and then he fell into a seizure. Mm. And then that was the first of many, many seizures that he had. So, um, so for example, that he would run until he died basically. And then the other dogs that like I throw off a spades and he looks at me like, are you serious? You want me to play with her? <laughs> now, sometimes he will play with it if I'm playing with Nookie because she's very, um, I don't driven. think I've ever seen spades run. Not really, no. Because right. every time you've seen us, we've been like structured place. But yeah. like he will, he will run if but it's he's time like, to. He's very, he's, he's very sure guy. of himself. Yeah. And he, he, 
He's just got that quiet, but when it's, when it's cool in, energy. Yeah, when the time's right, like, and he, especially when we're on the sand, like, he will run like crazy. Yeah. So, um, he's a cool dog. He's cool. So, um, so typically, there's the dogs that will retrieve or like chase the ball. And then there's others that will come in. So, like a bull breed, your staffy would be more typical to come into the, into a tug and then playing game of tug, where it'd be typical for like a Kelpie. To chase the ball. Sure. Typical, right? Um, but as an owner, you've got to figure that out as well. You've got the dog right in front of you. Yep. That's the dog you're training. So, you want to see where, you, where dog's at. You may even have a staffy that won't play tug or ball and only will be driven by food. So, you need- So, then- And we will talk later about how to use food then mm. as acts of games and, and playing. So, um, now let's talk a little bit about prey drive. Like, what are we talking about? Well, if a dog's chasing a ball, it's representing instinctively like the, the rabbit's running, the wolf chases it. And chasing the ball is like the prey item moving quickly is that he wants to chase it and put his teeth onto it. So he bites it. And that's, that's why dogs like to play ball because it's representative of instinctive drive. Playing tug is a dog wants to grab something and then thrash about to essentially kill the, th- the, the prey item. So some dogs are more driven. Like, so for example, the kelpies are probably generally more into like playing the game because they've been bred and specifically genetically, um, manipulated. If you can use those words is that they want to chase, like herd the sheep, but not bite the sheep where the staffy would be the dog that goes into the pen and then grab the dog and then thrash about and try to kill him. So different breeds will have different um, expressions. But if you go right down to the beginning when they were wolf-like dogs is that it's all representative of hunting. Yeah. So if the dog has a desire to do that, then that's how we use it. Um, and we want to use our ball and our tug as a way of reinforcing positive behaviors. So, for example, you can just play tug just for whatever. The dog sees the tug and starts jumping on you to get the tug. And that's still an act of, of play. But what you want is you want the dog to go, all right, you have the tug in your hand. I really want that tug. And we say to the dog, okay, down. And the dog downs. And then you take a couple of steps away from him, for example. And then you say tug, if you like to use that as a marker. Then the dog breaks position to come in pursuit of the tug. We play this big fat game. We let him win the game if we decide. Or we tell the dog to out or to leave it or to drop. Different words for the same thing is to let go of the tug and then we then give another command and we go on from there so if you can use your tug for um, positive reinforcement this becomes you're actually training the dog the dog prefers to play tug than to than to eat food for example well then you got to use tug but then there's like pros and cons to it obviously and we'll um but let's talk about the ball real quickly. And if you watch any of my videos with Nookie is that she loves the ball. She'll do anything for the ball. So then I teach her, I win a training session. I'll teach her to do things that she already knows yeah. generally. So I want to work on her downstage just using the same example. I say down, I walk a hundred meters from her. I say bang. She breaks position in pursuit of the ball. I tell her, and then in that video, she comes up to me. I put my hand out. I say in my hand, she puts a hand, the ball in my hand. And then I tell her to sit. Or down, sit down, sit down, or touch. And I can give a range of commands. And then I say bang and I throw it. So she's running. She's also thinking. And this becomes a good mind-body connection. It's good for going to the park. So we've done our 20-20-20 rule. We walk to the park, give her the free time for the ball, and then we do our walk back home. So that's a great way to fulfill her needs while you're ticking all the boxes. And um, so, yeah, so we want to then go, all right, how do we use the ball or the tug for training? 
so or to reinforce positive behaviors. I would recommend using food to teach the dog how to do a behavior. So if, if your dog doesn't know how to down, it's I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I would prefer not to use a ball to lure the dog into a down for a few reasons. When the ball is present or when the tug's present, they're in a, an aroused state of mind, so they're, very, they're buzzing. And when they're in this state of mind, it's very hard for them to be focused, to be calm, to hold a static position. So it's better to use food. At the beginning to teach the behavior. Yeah. So we get the food, we lure them into a down. Then we go through the whole process of we want to start using the ball when they're in the training phase. So we want to listen to episode of phases of training. Once they're in the training phase, then we can then start using the ball because at least the dog knows the, the command. And then if the dog refuses food, that's because you probably feed them f- too much for free. So make value in the food first mm. and then we can use it. Now, um, once a dog has a static behavior – because a good thing about playing tug, I mean, playing ball or tug is that we teach them forms of impulse control. So we teach them, okay, the dog really wants to play and be active. So I tell the dog to down. They hold themselves. They're doing a passive behavior until I then put them into an active state of mind. So then passive equals active, which is what impulse control is. If you see the rabbit run across the road, you, it would be ideal that our dog has the impulse control not to chase it and to listen to what we want them to do, whether we tell them to down or to come or whatever. So that's one way of using using the, the ball or a tug as a way of um, teaching them how to follow us when external things are influencing them, like the rabbit yeah. or the car. Some dogs want to chase the car because – and usually bought a like, – or from all the dogs that I see is a lot of border collies that love chasing cars and it's an instinctive behavior. So we want to teach them to do something otherwise. What I wanted to add about using the ball or the tug is that it's very hard when you're dealing with reactive dogs and they only love the tug. Um, well, first of all, if they refuse food, so you're trying to te- train the dog to be calm when they see another dog, but they're bouncing around and they're trying to chase the other the dog and then you go on, hey, I've got food, look at me, or focus on me. The dog's like, I don't want food. Yeah. But you pull the tug out and then it's like, well, I'll play tug with you, which it can be done for sure. And it's not like I don't recommend it, but you've got to have some level of skill that your dog's reactive so it could possibly run up to the other dog and cause some drama. But then when you're playing tug, it's not like it's a very fixed sort of time. You're playing tug. You've got to start moving around and get the dog to play with it. So that can get a little bit um, um, hard to kind of manage. Yeah. But also, if we're using the tug, we're bringing them back into a highly aroused state of mind and maybe want to kind of lower their state, their drive. We want to lower the drive when we're around other dogs so then they can process of how to be calm where using the tug or the ball may just jack them back up again. Mm. And it could be good if you're doing it correctly, but for the average person, it can be very hard to kind of manage all of this stuff. So as a general rule, I say if you're trying to do counter-conditioning and to desensitize your dog to other things. In the beginning, try to do more food-based training and also like, you know, using the right tools compared to um, – and then when it gets to a point where your dog learns how to be on a long lead where there's dogs around but not too close, you can then start doing, as I said before, like practicing a downstay, for example, and then getting the dog to tug with you. Um, with a ball, a good way of doing it, if you are going to be out and about and you want to reward the dog with a ball – rather than with food, is put a ball on a rope, please, because you throw the ball and the dog goes to catch a ball and it bounces off their nose and the dog starts running from you to get can the ball. Can you buy them? Yeah, you can buy Balls them. Balls on ropes? Yeah, um, Einswick.com, um, um, Einswick Dog Quip, check them out. They've got um, 
Actually, I'm ordered one, so it should be coming soon. And I see them everywhere. They're like, it's called a Dura foam ball. Right. I think. Sorry, so Jason. So, it's like tethered, is it? Um, yeah. So, the, so, the ball is- um, That's the guy like, that sponsors Canine Paradigm. That's mate. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and well, he listens a free to little us. plug for you. Yeah. He listens to us sometimes too. So, if you're listening, hey, bro. Um, so, you got that there and then there's like a, a rope that's affixed into it. So, it's professionally sure. done rather than just putting a string on a rope. Yeah, like you could probably, do it. Probably be pretty hard to- Tie it on. Yeah, well, so well, buy one of them. Yeah, I've done it before where you just get a tennis ball, stab two holes in it and put a rope through it. Oh, but okay. then the tennis ball starts to rip over time. Depends how sure. strong your dog is. So, But having it on a rope and have a decent-sized rope so that way there you can still reward your dog while being on the lead. Because then you can still throw it. Well, like I just, just kind of drop it in front. We can play a bit of tug with it too. So some dogs will chase and still play so tug. The one you bought, how long is the rope? I don't know. It's still coming in. So I'm going to assume that's probably like- Ten? Maybe like, oh, no, how long the rope is? Yeah. Probably like, you know, a meter or something. Oh, is that all? Okay. Yeah, just you want it on you. On it's more, you. Of a t- more as a tug. Well, like you can drop the ball and the dog just catches it. They may see that as rewarding. Okay. Like you see this with- um. I only ask because I'm, I'm assuming like with a ball, it's like with Fanuki, you actually throw it. Yeah, but yeah. she won't chase other dogs and stuff. So, yeah, right. it's more like in the- The, the, the learning the, phase. Yeah, the learning and the- Like, you know, if you just got a dog and he wants to run up to everybody Safety. to say hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to start throwing the ball everywhere. So, like, the dogs at quarantine or scent detection dogs and stuff is that when they go to, like, um, indicate that there's an odor, the target odor is there, like, you can't throw the ball in quarantine. Like, everyone, all the dogs are going to start chasing balls. I've noticed they have, like, it's almost, almost like a little towel. Yeah, so the it towel like could be like a rolled for, up face washer. Yeah, so that one there could be if the dog prefers to tug. Yeah. So, then they would, like, mark it, like, yes, and then mm-hmm. the dog will come play tug with them. Um, all I see is sometimes where the dog's like indicating, you just drop the ball in front of him. The dog catches the ball, runs around in a little circle, and he's like, wow, I've got that's the ball. That's the game, yeah. That's it. That's, and the then that's all he does. It. So yeah. he finds the, the target odor just to get the ball. And he, it doesn't have to be sure. thrown. Okay. Yeah. It'll just be dropped. So if you have it on a rope, then at least it's there. And then if the dog's inclined to play tug, you can add the game by okay. tugging. Cool. Let it go. And then you still got the dog on the lead. Yeah. So how would you use that? Let's just say you have a dog that's like super into the ball and is a little bit reactive or gets distracted by other dogs. Then the dog's across the road. You tell your dog to down or you tell your dog to look or or you get your dog focused on you in, every, in any way you like. And when you want to reinforce the dog's behavior, you give the command, bang, and then you drop the ball. The dog then breaks position because when I use food, my marker is generally durational. Like I want you to stay in position until I give a release command. Yeah. Because I want to try to encourage with food to be a bit more calmer in the lowest drive. But when I use the ball or the tug, it must be a release command and a positive reinforcement marker. It's a, they call it a secondary um, reinforcer, which means that it, when I use the marker, it means now the ball's on its way. So when I say bang, Nookie will come out of position and we can play the game. So if you've got the dog across the road, the dog sees the other dog, focuses on you, you say bang, you present the ball to him and then we play this game. And the dog is that into it with good timing and good management skills, like you know how to control the lead, then we can do this closer and closer. But just imagine if you're trying to get the dog to be focused, but like he's like jumping and you're playing and then it could just cause more other issues of him then redirecting onto the other dog or he starts to pull. So just be careful how you're doing it. But just in general play, um, that's what you want to start teaching your dog. Yeah. And then now, and don't do it just in your yard, but do it in, in the park, et cetera, as we explained with Nookie. Um, and yeah, like Mark Wellis goes in like into heaps of depth about, you know, like, like how to play play game and um ivan balabanov he's also like really good at using ball and tug as a way of reinforcement for his dogs in his training regiment 
And and I do that as well, like I did it with Ace when I was teaching him um, a complex skill for the NDTF course. So his complex skill was to get the ball, I mean, get the toy, put the toy in the basket, and then give me the basket. Yeah. So you had to do that five times in a row. Under pressure. Um, yeah, in a new environment. So they were pulling down the playground in here, in their, like, their excavation. And, um, and his reward was the ball. So every time he did it from day one, when I showed it, it was no food involved. I did that through free shaping. So if you're going to teach a dog how to do something from the beginning with the ball, you can do it through free shaping yep. by waiting for them to offer the behavior. But what you're saying there is you, like you said at the start, you don't, you don't use the ball to lure. Not, no, not really. Generally not. No. Unless you have a hand that you can lure just with no food and then give a gesture for a behavior, but that's not teaching. That's when you're, when the dog already has a concept of the behavior. So right from the beginning, I, I, in my opinion, it's best to use free shaping to use a ball. Um, but then again, depending on what you're trying to teach. And if you're just having fun with your dog, then play these sort of games and look more into what free shaping is. And then if your dog like really loves it, then do it. Now it's real. Tug is like, I think essential for your bully breeds. Mm. If they're into it, like it's essential. It's something that has to be happening. Now, a lot of- They've got the jaw, they've got the face, the jaw it's built for it, right? Yeah, like their, their genetic makeup is to, is to bite things and to Thrash. death shake them yeah. until, until it doesn't, until it stops moving, right? Yeah. So, um, and Jay Jack is like fully into this in, um, part of GRC, which is, um, the, the, the dog sport that he's created. What and does that's- GRC stand for? Do you know? I know it's gameness. I'll put it in Some the notes. Example. I'll look we'll it up. Find it now. Um, but um, but yeah, what's really important is um, using the um, using the tug for these dogs as their reward is like everything that they live for, and they and they have such a good fulfillment. That's what I was going to say. Is that a lot of people say playing tug will make your dog aggressive, and like as a general answer, it's like that just doesn't make sense. Mm. Um, you know, you're kind of anthropomorphizing that a little bit and it, it may not even be anthropomorphic it just may be that it's just not correct yeah um you know I, I don't you know a lot of boxers don't go down the street boxing everybody or like every football player tackles everyone on the street no. if anything it fulfills their drive in on the field or in the dojo or wherever it is that they're training in the gym and then they don't have to do it everywhere else so you know there's that but also there's ways of like doing it incorrectly as well like you want to know how to play the game. And what I mean by that is like, for example, with tug with a dog that's really high drive is that you want to have a bit of like gameness and challenge about it, but you don't want to make it so intense where the dog's like kicked into a defensive drive. You want to try to keep it, keep it like playful, keep it prey drive. Prey drive is more about being a predator um, to chase and to kill rather than being defensive in terms of being aggressive. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, and um, that's why, like, for example, if you were, like, just – if you're going for boxing just for, like, the the cardio side of it, there's no intensity about it. But when you start doing, like, competition boxing, the coach is going to start bringing out a little bit more of that. You get that chance of the getting mongrel. punched in the head. Yeah, yeah so you want a bit of different. aggression about yeah. it. Um, you know, but then even that is still in under control. Like, how about all the, the bite sports, these sports dogs that are um are running down the field to bite the guy on the sleeve? Well, mm. at first, it's all about – Pray, chase the chase the big tug that's on the guy's arm, and then depends on how far you want to take it, how good you want your dog to be at the game. Is that how much defense do you want to bring out, and how much prey do you want to bring? So I'm out of my lane. Like I haven't done any 
training in this field, but like from the things that I know and of course my own experience of have being been on the is like you know when some dogs are biting it just for the tug game and you know when some dogs are biting because they have a bit more of intensity about it. But even then, doesn't mean that these dogs are going to go around biting everybody. Mm. It's it's under these certain circumstances where the dog learns this is the game that we play now. And then, of course, part of the sport of biting is that when the guy says out, the dog lets go. And then when they say heal, the dog has to go back to him. So there has to be a level of impulse control within all of that. And again, that's like really deep into like like dog training um when we're talking about just playing with with um fido at home um you, you're, we're not going down that route there right yeah. so um yeah i think playing so good i'm going to quickly look at what G- grc stands for and give a shout out to them what are your thoughts on what i've said brother um i like it man it's obviously super important to actually know how to play as well right and and from listening to um the canine paradigm and they talk about J Jack and GRC, like he and I think Jay actually talks about that as well, right? And he's yeah, big time. It, it's um, he's awesome. Like to just say to play, there is a technique to it and a, mm. and, a and a skill that that you learn over time for sure. Because you want to encourage the dog to do it and also do it with like with with, with love and passion, mm. right? Rather than just biting something with just like an empty mouth. So like they do like um the spring pole where the dog has to jump up onto the tug and like they kind of like hold the tug like they use this whole device to like hold the dog up and i don't know the ins and outs of like how long the dog has to like hold it do that for yeah or whatever and there's a wall climb where the dog then has to like climb the wall to get the tug so you know you're you're giving the dogs this fulfillment and if your training routine and your lifestyle is about getting closer towards getting better at while they're training then then that's a fulfillment for the dog's needs and that's why i say all the time about you know, if you're going to work out, try to make a mind-body connection out of it and do things. Like when I used to do like the Ninja Warrior training down near my house, like that, that's all about um, doing something hard while it was exciting and it was fun. Like after on the Tuesdays when I would train there and just kind of get a good, be on a good pump, good roll and get your body moving in very natural but difficult ways like hanging off things and grabbing cannonballs and doing the salmon ladder, et cetera, is that – it does. It makes the you feel- The ladder? The salmon ladder? Salmon? Yeah, you know, like how when um, there's a pole and you've got to like throw yourself up oh, to right. the Oh, right. That's salmon yeah. ladder. That's okay. a salmon yeah, ladder, yeah. I love Ninja Warrior. Um, I it's love awesome. I love it too, yeah. Oh, yeah. GRC, Gameness Relationship Control. Dog right. Sports. Okay. So, it's an um, acronym. Yes. Yeah. Definitely go check it out. Um, and I'll be keen. Like, and, they all, and J-Jack also does like an SR test, which is a social responsibility test, which is basically there, um, there's certain requirements like the dog has to- um, Follows just general, like there's a general guideline, and if and every dog can do um, this SR, like, and I think if it would be awesome that every single dog owner can adhere to that, and that way there, then if if only if you can fulfill that that um that requirement of like when I say front, the dog comes into a front, or you teach the dog middle, the dog comes into a middle, and they hold the down safe for like. I think one of them is a hold the down safe for two minutes while you're out of sight, where there's other people in the room. If everyone, if every dog. Could do that though. You'd probably be out of a job. That's cool. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'll do another job. That's cool. Well, look, like you know, obviously we, there have to be trainers out there to teach people how yeah, to do 100%. it. But if that was like the standard norm of what a dog can do, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, rather than you know the dog not knowing how to deal with anything. So um, I'm really into it, and I'd love to go down that route more. And then if and this starting to become a little bit more happening of GRC in in Australia. Mm. I think um, um, that's as in um, 
Glenn and Pat are involved with that, right? Yeah, a little Pat, bit. Is like, it Pat? Um, Pat has done a, like a, a, he, I think he's a judge for right. the SR test. And My he's point done being, he's tr- he, I think he's trying to get get it happening a bit more. For sure. Um, and one of my colleagues or and friends in the industry, Jasmine, what's the last name again? Sorry, Jazz. Oh, um, Prime K9? From Prime K9, yeah. Um, yeah, Jazz Whiting. Um, go check out- um, Check her out from Prime Canine. She's um, all over. She's actually in the States, I think at the moment, or in Canada or something. Yeah. She's um, teaching um, a lot of um, GRC stuff. Go and so- listen to her episode on the Canine Paradigm. Yeah. She- um, they interview, so Jasmine Whiting, isn't it? That's it, yeah. yeah. She's got a really cool backstory as well. So, she's yeah. a veteran. Um, she's in the military. A whole bunch of stuff happened to her. And then, yeah, that was actually, that was probably one of my favorite episodes of the of Canine She's awesome, Paradigm. man. She's, she's, she's doing really good. And we've been, and, and I would like to um, encourage a little bit more of that. And I don't yeah. want to be putting- myself too much out there because whatever happens will happen whatever mm. we decide to do but it would be nice to um to get up you know behind that and kind of help it out because there's a lot of the dogs out there like i'm teaching a lot of the bully breeds that i see like their owners is how to give Fulfill the dog them. this game yeah. you know and it's like and it revolutionized everything like the dog's a lot more calmer after the five minute game of of tug yeah. and, and you got to know how to play tug for example like um for example, when the, the dog comes to bite in for the tug, first of all, use the right tug. Let's talk about the tug for a sec. Is that I use a French linen bite tug, like a one that the, the sports dogs people use. The so these why. are commercially available. Yeah, like the dog wants to get a good grip on this thing and it's kind of like a pillow, um, sort of more of a pillow than a rope. You go to Pet Barn, you buy the rope and the dog grabs the rope. You can still play tug with it. Not great for a puppy, but also it's too hard. The dog doesn't really get a good grip on it. And I just, I'm not a big fan of using that. I prefer the tug that I use, but the tug that I use with the dog that doesn't become the dog's toy. That only is um, available when we're playing. And then we, right. when I say and finish, the dog we're knows done. That, yeah. yeah. So we bring us like it's, and that's what I do the same with, with the ball. Nookie's really into the ball. There is no balls laying around my house. The ball comes out when we're doing training. And that way there, then I've got her attention and I've improved a lot of her and commands. And she knows not to touch Leo's toys and that. Yeah, she hasn't touched anything. There's been a baby mat out for the last, you know, five months and there's all these toys and not one of them. She doesn't even touch the, the play mat. So, she now knows which is hers and, like, and I haven't even had to correct her or tell yeah. her anything. I think she just knows that from general. But, um, but yeah, even with Ace back in the days, I used to have a ball in the house and I remember I was watching TV once. And I can feel his energy. He was behind me Looking at the on the ball. couch because the ball went under the couch. And he was just there staring for like 45 minutes. And you can feel his presence. And I look over, I'm like, that's enough, bro. Yeah, right. That was a moment where I'm like, no more balls in the house. Because I don't want you to be in that state of mind when we're hanging out. We only play that when we're in the park or when it's time to play. And again, like that shows your evolution as a trainer. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean you knew this stuff from day dot. Like, for sure. you've learned this over, you know, a decade. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, if I can bring the special thing, I go, now it's time to play. The dog's now got his attention. And when I would say with Ace, I'd say, finished. <sighs> and he'd walk off, go get a drink, do a pee. Like, he knew when it was finished time yeah. and when it was time to play. And then the good thing about, it, like, even with Nookie now, I'll be down the sh- down down the park and she'll be off sniffing something. Nookie come and she comes with a 100% intensity through my intermittent reinforcement. She goes, he may throw the ball. So I come with power every There's time. There's that Sapolsky again. There you go, that dopamine jackpot. So um, so it's really important that you do it, if you do it correctly and you do it regularly, you're having fun with your dog, you're giving your dog proper stimulation and you're fulfilling their biological needs. So you're, um, you're, you're ticking all the boxes in all that. And it's all about impulse control as well as the fulfillment because mm. you want to teach your dog to do things under hard circumstances. Und- and under under rules as well. 
Yeah. You're right. Like, this, well, we play the game now and then the game's finished. That's it. The ball goes away. The tug goes away. Yes. End of story. Yeah. Until I may then five minutes later go, come and you may get the ball. Mm. You may get a piece of food. You may get nothing. And if you follow that routine, you start to see that there's some reliable behaviors. But like, you know, how about when we were down at um, Turon Gates? Um, shout out to Turon Gates. I love you guys. You're a big, um, massive, massive property. You can do a, can hire a cabin. And Two, what's it called? Turon Gates. Turon Gates. Kapiti, just past the Blue Mountains. Yep. Um, and you can go down the bottom and, and we go camping there. All dog friendly. They're awesome. Sick. Beautiful place. But there's lots of goats around. And your dog comes out of the car, sees a goat. What does the dog want to do? Of course, chase the goat or at least be inquisitive to approach it. And um, so I remember with Nookie when we were there, she saw like I think it was a kangaroo and she wanted to like kind of not really chase it, but she was like moving towards it. I'm like, Nookie, come. She knew to follow me only because, of course, my commands are quite strong with her, but also – like she knows how to follow me under these levels of arousal. Yeah. Just like when I um, r- roll on the mats with the boys, like I've, I'm under a lot of intensity and pump, but you want to stop and calm your mind in this level of intensity. Your body's like really pumped up. Focus yourself. Get your breath back. The more you practice this impulse control within yourself with your own, like, you know, like training martial arts, it's fun. It should be fun. You're not like at war with each other. There is certainly competition and there's some, um, there's some ego and aggression involved with it, but it's all about having fun. And that way thereafter you shake your bow out and it's happy days. There's always one bloke in the gym though who thinks that it is and they usually don't last that long. Yeah. If you're at a good dojo, they don't last long. Yeah. That's exactly right. Because um, they get put in their place. Yeah. It's a, you know, there has to be like respect and stuff as well. Like just because you're biting a tug, it does not mean you bite my hand. Yeah. And you don't act aggressive to get the tug. The tug is all about playing. And if you can have this impulse control, like rolling with your buddies and then learning how to, in the heat of the moment, to calm yourself. Imagine when you're in the real world and something comes at you, like physically or, or a situation happens, you're more likely to be in your body and to be focused. And if we can teach this skill to our dogs, it's bloody awesome. So that's play with our dogs. Nice one. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. I liked that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Something fun. So, if there's any questions, I'm sure there's like a lot of things that we I probably didn't like completely answer or get mm. too much into. There's heaps of videos on Nutris Pooch's YouTube that kind of talks about that. Um, and yeah, have fun with it. Make sure that your dog sees you as the most important thing and engaging thing in the world instead of having to rely on dogs all the time. That's it. You should um, be the most interesting thing in the dog's life. Yeah, you're the you're the you know you're the pack leader, right? You're the one who's um who, who's guiding the pack through the world, and you should be your dog should be looking at you for everything they get. That's it. So um so yeah, that's us. All right, the usual. Please like, rate, share, comment, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nooches.pooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.